don't change, everything grows. Time to make moves, let the world know. Let your light shine, watch your path glow. Time to stand up, time to be bold. We Hello and welcome everyone to our first episode of Simba. I'm gonna let Sylvia tell you all how to spell it and introduce what the yeah. show's about. Hey guys, my name is Sylvia, and like he said, and by he I mean the guy that just spoke, he'll introduce himself. Uh, <laughs> so um, the podcast is called Sema, and Sema is a Swahili word that means speak, and so we are going to speak on it. If you know, you know. <laughs> While she's struggling, um, this show is about... Uh, we're Africans living in the United States. Some of us are immigrants. Some of us are first-generation naturalized citizens, meaning born and raised in the United States. Um, but we wanted to touch on a lot of different things from, you know, we won't give too much away, but a lot of things that are happening in the world right now from kind of a, an African perspective, but also a perspective of Africans living in the diaspora, particularly in the United States. Yeah, and it's also a great platform to celebrate everything that it means to be African in a whole different country. You know what I mean? So, I'm excited. I don't know about you. Oh, I'm excited, but you, you know, excited? I gotta keep it cool, calm, and collected. Okay. So, a little background on who we are. So, we're not just like a bunch of strangers who decide to talk about being African. But, again, my name is Sylvia. Last name Karanja. Born and raised in Kenya. I came to the United States 11 years ago. So 2008, I came to the United States and I have been living my best coming to America life. So you're a prince? Listen. I'm just, before we get into all that, let me introduce myself. My name is Rashid. Nickname, for those of you who want a nickname, just say Sheed. Oh, for real? Yeah. Ah, this whole time I could be calling you Sheed. Yeah. You never asked, I guess. Well, you just Sorry. went by Rashid. I know. Okay. I know. Sorry. We'll get into that. You know, we'll do a lot of these. So, um, first generation American. Both of my parents are Nigerian, so I am Nigerian American. Born okay. and raised here in the United States. Colorado, Aurora, Colorado, ACO for short. For those of you who don't know, that's also close to Denver, Mile High City. The Mile High City. But yeah. So, what do we want to talk about today? Today, um, I mean, t today is a week from when we had our general elections here in America. And so, I wanted to talk to you and see what, what the elections meant to you. The fact that we have a black immigrant on one of the highest seats in the world. VP Kamala Harris. VP-elect Kamala Kamala Harris. First of all, congratulations to um, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris, as well as President-elect Joe Biden. Um, I think it means a lot, right? There's a lot of history in this ticket. Um, Joe Biden, uh, Mr. President Joe Biden, is going to be the, the oldest president-elect. Oh, for real? From what oh, I, I understand. Know that. Um, so that's history. No. -uh. Also, I think How so. old is Trump? But like elect, I think he's like 74 or something like that. Yeah, he's but, gonna be the oldest. Trump is like 73. Oh, no, 74. Who Trump is 74? 
But he wasn't elected at seventy four though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Either way, I think he's gonna be like the oldest president elect. Wow. So. Dang. Um, Dang, that's how bad he was. Like, we're like, fam, we need you. I know you old and everything, but oh God, please, eh, come save us. Listen, um, I guess that's how <laughs> serious things have become. Um, but to your question, Kamala Harris is the daughter of what? An Indian, Indian mother, right? Mm-hmm. And her father's black. Jamaican, to be precise. I don't know if I'm right. I think it's Jamaican. Jamaican, oh. right? Yeah, it's Jamaican. Okay, so she's she's born and raised here, though, in mm-hmm. the United States. So mm-hmm. first generation American. Um, that's history. Obviously, first woman vice president. Vice president. First black vice president. I mean, that's funny. Just as far as identity goes, we talked about Barack Obama being the first black president, but he's half black. So yeah. that just kind of speaks to the racial undertones of things where you have any black, <laughs> you're black. You're black. Period. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel um, optimistic yeah. about this. I think I wasn't as excited um, knowing that Kamala Harris was a former prosecutor and hearing some of the things that Joe Biden had been involved in in the past. But I think um, Joe Biden has done his best to make his amends and Kamala Harris actually, after you actually learn about her record, she's done a lot of good things. Yeah. Done a lot of good things. What are your thoughts? Um, I mean, you touched on Obama, and I kind of want to talk about that for a little bit. Okay. Um, and not because he's he has Kenyan blood. He's Kenyan, yeah. Not, not, I bet you do want to talk about yeah, that. that. I bet yeah. you do. That wasn't it. Mm. Uh, it's because I remembered how... How, how much it meant to the people when he was elected. Yes, he has like a little bit of Kenyan blood in him, but we celebrate, because I was still in Kenya at that time. We were celebrating like he was our actual president. I remember I was sitting for like my national exam um, and one of the teachers came in and was like, Obama won. And everyone was just like screaming and just like rejoicing. And I'm like, you know, he's not a president, right? But just like that pride. Mm. And that representation, you know, having a president being black. And for them, the fact that he had an NCB of Kenyan blood in him, it don't matter. We were claiming him. He's, that is one of ours. But no, I, I remember even his inauguration, it was a public holiday. Like, they shut everything down. In Kenya? In Kenya. That's funny. And then they had, like, downtown, there was, like, a huge screen that was set up for people to watch the inauguration happening. Like, mm-hmm. that's how much pride they felt. And they, um, so, I guess not to speak on Kamala Harris, now it's a woman who's not also an immigrant. For me, it's just that element of representation. You seeing, I don't want to say one of ours, but someone that looks like me. And a little... Well, you guys are just like listening to this so you cannot see me, but I'm like hella tiny. And I promise this this is related. So I'm really small. And I was very insecure about my height for the longest time. And how I tried to feel better about it was look up who is successful and short. Mm-hmm. So I had a list of all the celebrities, the Jada Pinkett Smith, Vanessa Hudgens, Shakira, like all of, I had a list and I was like, okay, if they can do it, if they made it and they're as tiny as I am, I'm good. I'm 
you know? And so I can imagine there's a little girl somewhere who's like, I'm black, I'm an immigrant, I live in a, a country that's not originally mine, can I also make it? And then say they went to Google and they, and they put that in, and the first person that's gonna maybe come up is Kamala. And they're like, yo, she's vice president? Mm -hmm. Yo, she can do it, she's immigrant, she's black? Dude, I can do it too. And so for me, it's just that element of representation. Mm. And so, yeah. Let me go back a little bit. You talked about, I think it's just interesting, and I'm glad we're actually doing this because you get to hear this different perspective. So you being an African when Barack Obama was elected, in Kenya specifically, mm -hmm. like I never thought about what it might be like for someone who's in Kenya. What mm -hmm. did you guys feel? And what's funny is, it was a holiday for you in Kenya. Meanwhile, I was in college at the time when he was being inaugurated. It was not a holiday for us. But what did happen is um, I was actually in this English class, I remember, during the inauguration, it was about to start, and she told our whole class, let's go. <laughs> just stopped class, and we went to um, like a student center, and we just, there was a lot of people there too. We just watched the whole thing. And what's funny for me, it's not really funny, but one thing I remember vividly is, and, and I don't know if you felt this, but I think a lot of black people felt this here. I honestly watched it in fear of, like, I was expecting him to get shot. Oh, wow. Like, during the inauguration. Like, I was honestly like, this, is, <laughs> this isn't going to go well, right. somehow. Like, an MLK like everything's Malcolm been X. too peaceful. Like, no. And so when it actually finished, yeah, like, I, I was really like, kind of, yeah, okay, like, you get you, but you felt the emotion of the moment. Like, you saw Jesse Jackson crying in the ceremony. Like, yeah, it was crazy. It was powerful. But it's interesting to think mm -hmm. that it felt the same for you back home too. And a lot of people felt that same way. Yeah, I mean, for us, it was more that pride, and without knowing the history of other um, black. What's the word I'm looking for? Like like the MLKs and the Malcolm X's because yeah, we don't have that history that we don't know about that and mm -hmm. so for us it's just like this is one of us mm -hmm. who's like president but see now the thing is you know how it is in Africa they're like oh it's like one of us is in power he's going he's going to help us some kind of way yeah, yeah, yeah. and so the Kenyans were like yo bet we going all go to we all going to go to America it's going to be <laughs> super easy for us like yo that visa process we in Right. Not realizing, not I am this protocol. Like you're not. Doesn't mean just now Obama is in power. You can now go like open to a, door. No, yeah. Yeah. you know how like when you have, I don't know, a relative mm -hmm. have a, a position of power in Africa, you can get, you know. I know. Yeah, it's different. It's different. It's different. And so people still have that same mentality, not realizing, yo, this is America. It's not the same. You know, it's not like, oh, yeah, my uncle is the prime minister, so I can do whatever I want kind of thing. Not fan. This protocol, the laws, you'll get arrested, you get detained. You know what I mean? The right. whole thing. But for, I remember Kenyans were like, after the first four years were done, they're like, dang, what did he do for us? And I'm like, it was not about you. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, this was not about you. He's word. the American. I remember it was a big deal. They're like, dang, he didn't even come to visit us. He came, he came at some point. He did come, but people were like, dang, it took you a minute. You know, like... I mean, honestly, being black here when he was president, that's how I felt. And I feel like many black people in this country, even minorities in general, yeah. felt like 
something special is going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I, I know I was a little disappointed because you didn't really feel like something special actually yeah. happened during his presidency. It was just um, more for history purposes. It was history, but at the same time, like, not to get too deep into stuff, but he came into office right when an economic recession was yeah. beginning. And that was tough. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, things changed. I mean, there's a lot of programs, for example, particularly in Colorado, it's not a very diverse state. And where I went to school, university, it wasn't very diverse either. And at that time, like in the early, we'll say mid 2000s, diversity was a big push in the United States, mm -hmm. like all over, especially corporate America. And there was a lot of programs and things were, were doing, were going well, right, with the economy. So they had money to do these different things outside of the core business. But when that recession hit, you saw those diversity programs go out mm -hmm. first. Because it's not priority. Exactly. And... The reality is, is you shouldn't really need that special focus because affirmative action should have helped help to take care of that, but it it doesn't. You know what I mean? And I think that's why you have those programs. But long story short, is I think with the economic recession and him having to bail out like Ford, General Motors, and the car companies, I think that yeah. took a lot of his energy. And then I think whatever maybe he wanted to do for like one particular community. It just wasn't the right time, yeah. you know what I mean, which is tough. But And then after that, there was health care, which helped a lot of people, right? Like health care and particularly pre-existing conditions and stuff like that. So I don't know. I think all, all of this is to say, you know, Kamala Harris is elected now. And what can we expect from her? What should we expect from her? And, you know, I was kind of listening to... Um, some leaders in, in the African community abroad and, and here. And a lot of people are excited mm -hmm. about Biden and Harris winning over Trump and Pence. Um, I don't know. When, let me ask you this. Do you think it really would have been different? Do you think there is a difference, first of all, for Africa or Africans or black people in this country or back home? Who, um, who won? I think... Um, how they see us. I think how people are now were viewing America when Trump was president is going to be a lot different from the perception that we now have to the outside world. Because with Trump, we, people are like, America is trash. Like, we, we are good. You know what I mean? And I just feel like now with Biden and Harris coming into power, even if not much ends up changing, but just that perception mm -hmm. of us is gonna change to the outside world. Do I think it's gonna be that drastic of a change in terms of like either policies or anything like that? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily, or rather, I don't know, but I I don't think so. I don't think so, but yeah. I think more perception of like the outside world. And um, I had something else I wanted to say. What was it? That's what I have now. I kind of agree for the most part. I think that. Oh, I remember what I wanted to say. Um, I think with Trump being in power, it just gave people permission to just be trash people. And what I mean by that is like the white supremacy and all of that. It's like it's it was on display because 
our president is out here being racist and all of that and he just gave people permission to just be trash people and not be apologetic about it and i think before not to say it never used to happen it just wasn't on display as much as it was this past four years mm-hmm. and i think now with a black uh, vice president I don't know if that's what's going to change. Again, it's all perception. It's right. all, okay, our leader, if our leader is acting one way, the followers are also act a certain way based on how, you know, his leadership. And now it's probably going to, they're probably just going to go back into the hole they were in and be low-key about it. You know, one thing, going back to Barack real quick and I'll connect it is, even though a lot didn't necessarily change for black people in this, in this country or minorities, I mean, there are some things, right? But by and large, compared to what we were expecting, mm-hmm. we didn't get there. One thing that it did do is it just, it just created an example or a role model that you never yeah. had, you know? Like, it's funny, my dad called me actually after the inauguration or after the election, one of the two, and he was like, do you see, right? he always does this. Now you can't be see? president. Like, I'm in college already. Like, He's you know like, what I mean? Like, I'm do already, you want to be I'm president making, now? Making stuff happen for myself, you know what I mean? Yep. But he's like, you know, you know, you saw Barack yeah. Obama, right? It's, it's kind of that one <laughs> yes, thing of like. I saw that. He said, yeah, so, you know, you know, you can be whatever you, you want to be, whatever be you that sort of thing. So, you know how in African households it's either lawyer, doctor, engineer. Now they've added president on that list. And, and then what's important about that too is it's not just an African thing; it's a developing world thing, right? True. Politicians don't have a good reputation, Mm-mm. right? Like I mean, we're seeing this right now all over the motherland. Politicians don't have a good reputation. I'm not going to say they're all bad. But there's some people that feel, yes, they're all bad. Yeah. Um, so I think to see someone like Barack Obama to where, even in the United States, like people think it's there's no corruption and this and that. And there is corruption, right? There's favoritism. There's nepotism. But it's not as full as it is in other places. Yeah. But when you have someone like Barack Obama from like top to bottom, from his beginning to him culminating in being elected, you can't really say anything about him that's negative, really. Like, I mean, the first black editor of the Harvard Law Review, like, he went to Harvard, like, he's... I mean, he, and he did everything because he really wanted to do it. He didn't do stuff thinking that he was going to be president. Right. And, like, you look at a lot of these people, and it's like, you were really preparing yourself. Yeah. Even who you marry, like, the person you're supposed to love, like, you almost have to question that. Like, yeah. is, this, is this arranged, almost? But... Anyhow, I say all that to say with Kamala Harris, what's different about her, when you think about vice presidents in the past, let's say even 20 years, they've always kind of taken a backseat to the president, right? Kamala is different. You know what I mean? She was running for president herself. Yeah. And it's just different. She is not going to be one to just take a backseat. And I think she's going to have a very active role. And the fact that she has been... You know, what is it? Uh, the Attorney General for um, California? California, right? Like that's, I mean, California is almost a country, and so to have a role like that of California, which, as we all know, there's a lot of things that happen in California from like a criminal perspective or a legal perspective, and so like she has a lot of knowledge 
that her being a woman of color, a black woman, um, an Indian woman, right? It's, I'm excited to, to see what she does. Yeah. But you also think that they're starting, and the same with Obama, like by the time he came into power, there was so much that had happened mm-hmm. that he's not starting on like third base. Mm-hmm. Like he has to, he doesn't have a lot that he's working with, so to speak, because like the economy was, you know, on a downward trend at that point. Like so much bad was happening just for him to even get to a point of like, okay, let me now start doing what it is I wanted to do. There was so much legwork that needed to be done. And I feel like now with the same for Biden and Kamala, like Trump has just, listen, yeah, you know? And so for them to just like try and make right what he did wrong, before he, they can even start implementing the things they want to do, it's it's going to take more than just four years. You know what I mean? I feel like most people are wanting change right now, not realizing what they're starting with. Like, they're not starting at third base or anything like that. They have so much they need to do just to make it okay for us before they can even start implementing the ideas that they have, or like policies or whatever. One thing that the Trump presidency has done has galvanized people and give people an excuse to come together whereas they maybe couldn't find one before. And what I mean by that is many times when you have one group of people, you would think that they would get along because they're the same group of people, but they don't. Mm -hmm. And it's not until there's something crazy happening that they find a reason that's why i said excuse but find a reason to come together and yeah. i think trump really was a reason for a lot of people who you would think would get along or should get along but don't but they figured out well it doesn't matter that we don't necessarily get along like we have work to do is it that, that isn't that that thing of like if we have a common enemy you know we'll enemy have, of my enemy is my friend. is my friend right yeah. and so we all had a and I hate to say this, but like a common enemy. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, okay, let's all come together, forget our differences, but at least let's get him out. But then it's just, but then also seeing how many people voted for him, you know, it's making me. Question. I was going to say that. But before I get there, I wanted to keep going and say these expectations for Biden and Harris, you're right. People have are going to have high expectations. I want myself personally, and then I want everyone else to understand that we have to stop expecting so much from these people. Yeah. Right? I think we have to start expecting more from ourselves. And then also we have to start understanding that we are more powerful than sometimes we're led to believe Mm -hmm. or we allow ourselves to be you know what i mean we can really do a lot on our own yeah and i think in these four years if we look at it as we've thrown the ball to kamala and biden and we're just waiting for them to score us a touchdown it's not gonna work what we have to realize is that we all are one team like whatever our objective is so yeah they might be the wide receiver, but you still have to block. Yeah. They're going to get tackled. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I feel like we need to expect more from local leaders. True. You know, yeah. I feel like if anyone 
can make an impact that directly affects us are our local leaders, uh, the representatives, the state senators, or the mayor. You know what I mean? We don't realize how much power they actually have. It's not, we don't just have to wait for the president right. to do it. Our local leaders who sometimes we neglect even going to the polls to elect, we're not realizing how much power they actually have with the BLM happening this year and not, and I, I think most people didn't realize how we have the power to elect, like the attorney general. Do we have that Patrick? Well, there's like federal yeah, judges, yeah. the judges. Is what I meant. Actually, we do elect the attorney general too, but they're the ones who put the law locally for what you know matters to us. So, like for example, a lot of these cases in which police are not prosecuted when they, you know, kill someone who's unarmed, if that's local leadership. Mm -hmm to your point and you're absolutely right that I think we put too much stock in these national elections but at the same time there's still people who don't put enough stock into it Yeah. as in my vote doesn't matter yeah your vote does, does. matter as we saw I think we've seen that but at the year. same time I think it's important for us all to be more engaged locally like you said but I don't know I can't I can't emphasize the point enough about us putting in too much stock into Kamala Harris and yeah. Biden and I think we just need to expect more from ourselves like we don't need to wait for four years before we say you know what this is what we want and we're gonna start working towards that like we can whoever it is like you and I can mm -hmm. organize people like other people watching can organize people but I want to kind of get back to um, the impact of these two being elected and what it's going to have on Africans here and then Africans back home. So it's, they actually put together like a plan mm -hmm. that they published on their website for um, Africans in Africa and living in the diaspora. And I mean, honestly, it's really general, but you know, some things like immigration, I think yeah. it's going to be really clear that I'm not going to, the Muslim ban isn't what it was called. Oh, yeah. But, you know, um, when Trump first, like, almost his first act as president was to pass a ban on a couple of countries. And three or four of them were African countries, like Sudan, uh, Somalia, Somalia. Nigeria was actually in the second batch mm -hmm. that they passed. Um, and it was that sort of thing. I really, I, there would have to be something extreme to happen before Kamala and Joe Biden would even consider doing something like that. Um, so I think that's something tangible that we're going to see different. But as far as some of the other stuff that I want to see, like the way aid is distributed, I know there's a lot of countries in Africa that get aid from the U.S. government. And it's like the United States doesn't really give a lot of they don't pay as much attention as you would think to whether the country or the government is democratic and they're still giving them aid. And it just it just makes you wonder, like, if we're a democratic nation and our goal is to promote democracy, then why are we supporting such and such regime? Or why are we allowing such and such to happen? You know what I mean? I mean, growing up here, too, you hear about the genocide in Rwanda and Bill Clinton was president. And it's like, no one lifted a finger but if we're supposed to be the people that are the moral, you know, morally correct, then why don't we do more? Wait, is that is that a thing? 
like we are the morally correct? And, well, within the United States. So growing up here, you quickly realize that there is this pride of Americanism. And I think the actual name of it is Manifest Destiny, whereby like America as a nation was is like destined to be one of the greatest, if not the greatest, in like human civilization, right? And so the idea of like World War II, for example, like the world was literally going to get taken over until the United States intervened. You know what I mean? And the Cold War, like you had Russia, who was the Soviet Union back then, and then you had the United States. And but the idea was always that the United States is like the moral authority, you know what I mean? And so, okay, if you want to take that to its logical conclusion, and the fact that we have so much power and influence all over the world, then we should be exerting that morality in a positive way. And it's disappointing when you see things like that, or again, what's happening today, like we only do certain things or take action in a decisive sense when it suits our interests you know mm -hmm. and as someone who's born and raised here but i have roots right in other places it, it hurts me to see that yeah because like i i wish i could steer us in a different direction right like but you know you you also understand if you're here that ultimately some of the people that are in leadership are doing things for themselves or for what you know whatever interest they serve but not necessarily for my interest you know what i mean and i don't know if people all over the world understand that sometimes but at the same time i think that's part of what my role is your role is here with people who have this perspective to try and enlighten people you know to think differently otherwise the consequences could be deadly for people you know right you said a lot. <laughs> you did say a lot, but I think it's not fair to put that responsibility on America, though. No, no but that's what I'm trying to tell oh, you okay. is that America like puts it. It's like on it instills it in uh, Americans. Oh, okay. you know what I mean? Is that why they feel the need to like? Oh, if you give five cents to a child in Africa, blah blah blah. Is that that thing? It's part of it. Let me let me say it like this. There's a complex that Americans are in. It's not a, not just a complex, but it's like an Americanism in a way. But the idea of, like, we are the best. Like, at everything you can compete in. Mm. So think about it like this. The Olympics. Yeah. What does America lose in the Olympics? What do they lose? What do we lose? Um, there's one, the Chinese. Olympics. Well, you got to think about it. You right? have to think like, about it. You know what I mean? What? Racquetball is... Ping pong. Ping pong, table tennis? Table tennis. I mean, but do you play table tennis? Huh? What? I could if I wanted to. <laughs> I'm not even trying to say it like that. Do you watch table tennis? I didn't even know that was... <laughs> I don't watch table tennis. My point being is, like, major, major yeah. sports... America, with the exception of soccer, that's one of the only sports that America is not dominating. Mm -hmm. America is like the premier, or if they're not the first, because I mean, think about Usain Bolt. We were not yeah. winning when he was running, right? But At least retired. in men's, but for women's. Yeah, so but he's retired, point, so right. we might get that back. My point being, you have sports in which America dominates. Yeah. Economics. Who's the world's largest economy? Now? 
Is it still America? Well, I don't know. I mean, we've been pretty trash. <laughs> we're still, we're oh, okay. still, we're still there. I mean, people are starting to catch up, but we're still there. Okay. Who's considered the the world's largest, best, most advanced technological, whatever military? Oh, military, yeah. Yes. Entertainment. Hollywood. Music. The only one close is Bollywood, India. Not Nollywood? Nollywood is third. Oh, for real? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, that big. But yeah, I mean, Hollywood, obviously, I mean, it's not just how big it is. It's like people imitate Hollywood. Yeah. Hollywood is not imitating Bollywood or Nollywood. They're did starting you, to look closer, but they're not. Did, you know what I mean? It's always like see, America. Did you ever see this one Nigerian movie that has Beyonce, Sierra as the cast? No, the names of the cast is like Beyonce. I feel like I've seen Sierra, some titles. Um, those, I just look at the titles and I keep going. <laughs> I'm not watching those. I'm not watching that. That had a part one, part two, part three. Child, Beyonce made it. But I'm good. No? Okay. You don't watch Nollywood? What's that? You don't watch Nollywood? I watch some. I watch some of the ones that they've been making recently. Um, on Netflix? Hmm? The ones on Netflix? Yeah. There's some, I, I don't remember the last time I watched. Um, there's even some stuff on YouTube. I've been watching mm-hmm. like it's like some short films, and again, I, I really like the the Nollywood industry because, and this is something we can get into later yeah. in an episode. But when you watch Nollywood, depending on who you are, like if you're African, and then you watch a Hollywood movie and it has black people, I think sometimes we forget that it's not the same. Like as a black person here in the United States, I know that those black actors had to audition for a role. Right. And the directors are probably not black. The mm-hmm. writers for the role they're auditioning for, for a black character, are probably not black. Most of them are not. The funders and investors probably are they're, not black. Yeah. The story itself is probably not. And you not can a, tell. So my point is, is not with though, it's like, a, it's like, it's genuine. Like, that's, that's life. And I think that's why so many people resonate with it. It's like, that's exactly how you're supposed to do it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's, it's almost more real than real life. True. And I feel like you can tell the difference between a movie or a, a show that is produced by a black person depicting black um, experiences. It's like, oh, that's a little bit more realistic. Take something like Insecure, for instance. Like, it's by a producer is a black the writers are black the everything is the the uh, production team is black mm. and so it's a lot more um like genuine authentic mm-hmm. yeah i'm like oh i can see that happening you know because it's by us for us and so i think that 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 is the thing cuz then there's also that in hollywood how most of the writers or producers are normally men. And so, you know, with this whole um, Prince Charming idea of like, lived happily ever after whatnot, most of the time that storyline is written by a man mm-hmm. trying to depict what they think a woman would want from a guy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's most of the time it's not realistic. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed a difference, I think it was this show when I saw a show that was written by a, a female depicting a love story versus a regular show written by you know regular guys i'm sorry but like 
it's like, oh, that's not realistic. And then now people take it to the real life, and right. now you're expecting that, and it's like, that's not, that's not that's real. Not real. And, and I think it's important to point that out because there's a lot of research out there that talks about how the media influences us. Mm-hmm. And again, in the United States, you consume so much media, so much is being thrown at you that you literally start to absorb it. And mm-hmm. then some of what you think, some of what you want, is not even influenced by you. It's mm-hmm. influenced by what's around you. And it's, it's I'm, I'm not gonna say it's all negative, but particularly being a black person, being an immigrant, whatever in this country, a lot of it is geared at you in a negative sense. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, think about, you know, for yourself growing up in Kenya, when you see movies that have black people. It was either ghetto, they're gangs, gangsters, and and you don't realize it. So when I came to America, that was my perception of black people. But like, oh, they're ghetto, they're lazy, you know. Because that's all you saw. That's all and even I the music saw. you listen to, the music that mm-hmm. gets promoted. Like, you know what I mean? But there's there's a lot more, obviously, now that yeah. you're here. You now know. that I'm here, yeah. But again, like, and even from the, from the American side, what's shown about Africa? I'll give you an example. Like, in school, all I learned, well, I, I'm different. I'll say oh. this. High school, I was, like, one of five high schools that actually taught African history. So that's why I say I was different. Think about that. There's there's like places like Atlanta, Philly, and which it's like all black. Yeah. And they don't learn African history. Yeah. So my, that's significant. Anyhow, before that, that was just high school. Before that, all you learn about Africa is pretty much slavery. Yeah. That's it. Wait, what's slavery? Transatlantic slavery. Oh, okay. That's it. That's all. Yeah. You, like that's that's like the beginning and end of the discussion of Africa. Uh, you don't learn about Mansa Musa. You don't learn about, I mean, anything else. And then once slavery's over, like, that's it. And what they show in the media is, like, we're poor, yeah. we got food, please give it five, five cents, can feed right. somebody in the village. Right. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this, people, Lion King, Lion King mm-hmm. has done more for Africa in terms of making people interested. Yeah, because, and there's another movie, The, um, the Gods Must Be Crazy. The gods was oh you watched it? I watched it, but oh, I was in that moment. Like again, there's movies like that where it's like it's so like if you know that there's more, it's entertaining, it's great. Yeah. But if that's all you've seen, true, true. Or the Lion King, in which literally you have animals <laughs> and it's just the Serengeti, there's nothing else. What are you gonna think? We have animals as pets, first of all, because that you I have gotten that question. Hey, do you have a lion in the back backyard? And I'm like, yeah, I do. I do. Right? It's ridiculous yeah. for you because it's like no, mm-hmm. but I mean, that's that's the power of media for you. Yeah. So, but um, I don't know. I guess getting back to the, the whole Biden Harris thing, I think um, it's gonna be better. Sounds like for the Africans in Africa and Africans here, black people here. But you said think, it's going to be better? I think it will be better than it has been in the past four years. I don't know tangibly what that looks like, but yeah. I think at least in terms of the tone, the posture, the perception, it's going to feel better. I think to your point about like white supremacy and things like that, I feel personally that Bush's eight years in office 
directly contributed to Obama winning a landslide victory. Mm -hmm. And he had some, you know, decent competition. Well, no, not the first race. Oh, it McCain. was um, McCain. Was it McCain and Sarah Palin? Oh yeah. <laughs> People just almost the same situation because McCain was getting up there in age, right? And mm -hmm. People were like, "My biggest fear is I don't want Sarah Palin to be president." Um, people literally were saying that. Oh, because like, if he dies, uh, do you think were, that's? Were literally, I mean, I don't want to put this out there because he's really a good candidate. How old is Bernie? I don't think he's. He's, I don't think he's the same age as uh, he's younger than Trump and Biden. I'm For real? Sure. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Dang. I'm pretty sure. Really black don't crack, huh? And but what I mean is, if you was a black person at that age, you would not look like that. Cause see, my fear with Bernie was like, oh, Grandpa. Ooh. That was like when you look at him, it's like, oh, Grandpa. Ooh. Can you make it? <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. It is terrible. But, and that's why I was like, oh, is that why he didn't make that? I guess I didn't know his age. So for you to say he's actually younger than Biden? Dang. So. Okay. Yeah, All right. Well, um. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting to see what that's going to look like this next four years. And I would like to come back four years later and talk yes, about. Mm-hmm. What really happened. Let me ask you this. What do you want to see from Biden and Harris for like black people, Africans, immigrants? Like what what's one thing that you would want to see from them? I think and not I don't know if this is yeah, I think like let's stop having kids in cages. The whole immigration thing for me is the big one. Mm -hmm. with ice and all that right so i think that would be the one big thing but then again i'm not expecting a direct um that to affect me directly i don't know if that makes sense i feel like it's all perception and more of how people are gonna act versus oh there's a direct impact because of this policy that was passed or something along those lines. That's going to take time. That's going to take time. But for me, I just, if I'm looking for something direct, it's that immigration one. The immigration. Um, and yeah. But then also, this is the one election where we've had the most African immigrants elected. In like different um, offices, like state representative, mm -hmm. um, Senate, um, Congress, I think. Mm. so we have it helps when you have your own people representing you because right. that's what we want our because leadership for you to see the impact you want to see you need the leaders that look like you who can fight for you but then if the leaders do not look like the people they represent you cannot expect them to be fighting for you not to say that they're going to be like oh yeah Africans, Africans, Africans but yeah at least helps to have someone that looks like you is from somewhere like is an African is an immigrant if not maybe not African but at least immigrant and so they might understand your plight and they might maybe fight for you. Uh, yeah, I miss the hope, but there's another quote that's not all skin folk is kin folk. There's that part too. So uh, you know, but at the you same cannot time, expect much, but you you would hope. 
you, know, you would hope, and there's something to that. It's not to say that just because, because then you start to get into what we're running away from back home, which is this tribe got elected, and so now everybody yeah. in that tribe is going to flood it. You don't want that. Yeah. But what you what you look forward to is okay, someone who like looks like me maybe had similar experiences to me, and so when they're in that closed door or like you know closed door meeting. And they're talking about things that have affected my life yeah. in the past. They'll remember exactly. what they've experienced. And they'll, you know, either propose something and say, hey, why don't we try this way mm-hmm. instead of that way? Or when they're voting, they'll hopefully remember yeah. who they really represent and what they stand for yeah. and make the right decision. Because then it also brings about diversity of thought because of your different experiences. So if you go into a room, say, full of, white people for instance and you're a black person going into that room you have a different point of view different perspective you might <laughs> you might i can't true. emphasize it enough true, you might true. but you can't assume anything you cannot but um you know in a I perfect world in a yeah. perfect world um you you'd hope they go into that situation with a different perspective or a point of view because of their experiences because then I think I was listening to something today talking about there's a difference between diversity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. You can have diversity and no inclusion, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so having people that look like you in those rooms where decisions are made. Exactly. That's a very key term because, yeah, the society can be diverse, but the... <laughs> the if they're not in those rooms, right. if you're if not it, in it doesn't room, help. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. So 100%. Wow. Well, this is great. You didn't ask me, so I'm not going to say we'll save it for later. What? Nothing. Don't worry about it. What do I... Th- oh, yeah. Nah, you good. You good. You good. I think the show's over, folks. We're going to be here soon. We don't know when. We'll be here again. We got to figure this mic situation, technology situation out. We got to figure if you guys want to see us or just listen to us. And we're pretty, too. Well, she's pretty. I'm good. Oh, shucks. Thanks. Uh, just... Got you. Anyhow, hey, stay good. Stay blessed. Stay black. <laughs> if you're black. If not, stay what you are. Don't be Stay afraid. what you are. Be proud of who you are. <laughs> right. But no, I think this was great. So yeah, that's it for our first episode. episode. God help us. <laughs> help the host. <laughs> and please leave a review. <laughs> Leave a review on our, on our first episode and let us know how we did. Of, of Sim House. Huh? Sim House. Sim House. I know. I have to. Okay, fine. Whatever. But no, this was great. Thanks, Rashid. Thanks for, thanks for joining me. Thanks for speaking up. <laughs> I see what you did there. But no, guys. Leave a review, comments. Let us know how we did. And we will see you next time.